On this episode of Resi Week, we talk post-pandemic home tech, the value of human interaction, and how integrators bridge the gap. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 321, Do It Well. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, sis? I am doing well, my brother from another mother. How are you? I'm doing good. My nice. my, I, I was telling F- Frank, who you were about to meet uh, a second ago, that I woke up, it was five degrees. We had s- Fahrenheit. Uh, we, we had snow falling and my ski hill closed yesterday. So I'm good and bad all at the same time. Yeah, I get that. But I'm happy you're here. Uh, I'm also happy that Frank Santos is here. He's the director of training and product knowledge at Vanco. How you doing, Frank? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, minus the previous, you know, sadness over my, my hill closing. Because yeah. I like now to ski. Get a boat. You can look forward to boat season. Well, if I get a boat, we could both sail in and... Oh. You can meet in the middle. Oh. You guys would have to teach me because I, I know I don't sail nor ski, but I'd, I'd certainly like to do both. Well, I can so. teach you how to ski. I don't know if I could teach you how to sail. I think I could not get fully shipwrecked by sailing. Don't he- okay. <laughs> That's the bar we've got. Maybe a little, another tidbit. I, I can't swim either. so uh, It's I'll not important. It's not important. I'll take you up on the skiing. The, right. the boating thing, I, I think we can uh, we can pass. As long as you got the life jacket, you just, yeah, what else do you need? <laughs> All right, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Quick bits, 10 experts predict when pandemic era home tech is going, or what pandemic home, pandemic era home tech. Oh gosh, these titles. Say that 10 times fast, Matt. No, I couldn't say it once fast. (laughs) uh, Is going to stay popular. Read through this. There's a bunch of good statements from a bunch of us. Some really brilliant people There are, including yourself and, oh, and our friend Amanda. Yeah, humble brag there. I don't think I didn't notice it. Cat uh, Wheeler's in there. Uh, David Wexler, uh, Lance Anderson. There, there, there's a bunch of really good people in there talking about some of the stuff that has, has been really good through the pandemic and, and what's going to stay. One of the big things uh, that pretty much everyone touched on in some way, shape, or form was network. So Heather, let, let, let me start with you on this. If you're reading through this list and and you see something that maybe you do, but you don't specialize in, you don't, you don't do it a lot um, or something that you don't do at all, which one of the, the, the topics that was touched on here do you think is the most effective vertical to, to be really going after? I think, well, the network, it's got to be the network, right? So if you don't do it, and that's okay. It's okay not to do it. But I really think that if you don't currently in your AV world, you should have a partner company that you work with. So find somebody else that does it well. If you don't do it well, know your your magic power and play within it. 
And then what's not your magic power, go out and find partner companies that can assist you and you can go in together and make lots of money and make people happy. I should have said that first. Make people happy first and then also make lots of money. I, I like it the first way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's my approach to it. Um, the making people happy part. What were you thinking? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to add to that, that like if you don't do networking, what are you doing? Yeah, but like, but maybe you're just starting out or maybe that's just, maybe you're just, you're in the sunset piece, right? There's EV companies that there's some sunset people out there who are maybe in the final years of doing their EV life and uh, maybe the network wasn't their jam at that point. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know who those people are. I'm sure they exist somewhere. Frank, reading through this, what what's the one thing here that might drop off? Is there... That's the thing. Because I, I, I viewed a lot of the pandemic stuff as like, hey, we've got a boat load of money that we're not spending on a boat. Um, so why don't we, we have a very nautical theme today. Um, why don't we put that into a golf simulator that we'll use for, you know, a month and a half and then all of a sudden go, yeah, we don't really care about golf. Yeah. W- what's going to drop off? And that's the thing. I, I read through this. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tough to figure out what's going to drop off. Um, you know, everything's wrong, right? Outdoor. Uh, a outdoor AV uh, sound systems. Everything's growing. You walk into a Best Buy, and I did a couple weeks ago, and there's no AV receivers. Yeah. Um, I haven't remembered a time when AV receivers wanted this much, where they're sold out uh, through distribution, through retail. Is that going to drop off? I don't know. Are, are, you know, it's it's a great question. Right now, we're in a in a very weird time, right? Where we're coming out of the pandemic, and I think we'll find out this year. To be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, things are sort of getting back to normal. And I only say that because I've gone out, obviously, the past two weeks, and at least around here in the Chicagoland area, it's sort of getting back to normal. It's it's really weird. And I find myself to be the only person wearing a mask, for instance. I'm like, okay, maybe I should take mine off and, and you know, see what this is all about. Uh, Don't I let have the also... peer pressure get to you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> you know, and I've also planned four or five trips within the next two months, and Again, previous to that, I was traveling all. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's a great question. I, I don't know the answer to it. Just reading through uh, what everyone says here, it's we'll find out. We'll find golf simulators, maybe, maybe, maybe. L- let me let me kind of ask you this kind of follow up. Then, the one thing that I would almost argue is going to fall off is the network, because, as Heather looks at me weird, the ISPs are getting so good. That's true too. I mean, people will say, well, well, why? You have a short memory span, right? So in the height of the pandemic, when they were at home working and doing a video conference at the same time that their kids were trying to stream Netflix, mm-hmm. it was the first time that the network was tangible to our clients. Before that was invisible. So we were selling, you know, $1,200, $1,500 systems that people before would have hung up on us. If the ISPs get so much get better than, and they have a short memory span and they go back to work. Well, now we don't care so much about our kids and Netflix. So they may say, eh, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. So it does depend. But see, I don't know if I, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be client dependent. I think it's going to be ISP dependent hmm. when they start rolling out Wi-Fi six to every stinking customer or 5g from Verizon. And they're putting a 5G access point into your standard 2,000 square foot, 2,500 square foot home. Do they need multiple access points? Depends on who you have on the show. 
<laughs> Valid. I, I agree with you, Matt. It's it's it can only get so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I attribute it to resolution, right? We're at 4K. We're at 8K now. How much better can it get? I mean, we're going to get to 16K, but then the human eye just can't process that information. I'll Most tell you it's better. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you that they're gold pixels, and you really should buy it because it's so much better. Well, we can make the same argument for Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> There's pixie dust in there that makes your stuff faster. Oh yeah, I love pixie dust. All right, let's yeah. let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from a residential systems and a good friend of the show, Katie McGregor Bennett. Uh, she's talking about the value of human interaction. Uh, yes, that is coming from a a marketing gal. Um, talking about human interaction and, and marketing and words that matter. Um, she, she lists a couple really important things, and, and I want to key on one uh, specifically. She talks about, you know, crafting a, a quality email, right? Or better, a handwritten note, and having purposeful communication with your customers. Frank, with the advent of, of social... Like I remember the the way back when I was first buying my first car and getting you know my second car and getting it serviced, this every sales guy I knew, if I walked into a dealership to look at a car, if they got a chance to get my information and they did because I always test drove it, they would send me a note, and I get it in the mail and be from you know local GM dealer or Mercedes or whoever it was, I'd be like thanks so much for stopping in. If we can help, give us a call. Now with social and mass market emails, I get spam from dealerships that I don't ever read and I send directly to the trash. How do we go about reclaiming some of that communication art, really, from social? Not not, not ignoring social, but finding a way to better communicate with our, with our clientele. That's a great question. Um, you know, as as an end user, I will tell you I hate bots and I hate spam. Uh, spam, I won't even read. Bots for, let, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you visit a website, let's say, and let's say it's a car dealership website, and you want to chat with someone, you are chatting with a bot for the first couple of minutes first, right? Yeah. And then they will send you to an actual live person. You know, for your clientele, I, I agree with you. Um, on our own live chat, on our website, I have done away with bots. I refuse to do it. Yes. So I have our tech support people, and I have our salespeople, and maybe this is answering your question. I tell them we're not doing bots. When people chat with you, they're chatting with you, an actual live person. Mm-hmm. So, And that's just me. Yeah. And that's just my point of view, because on the other end of it, I absolutely hate talking to a bot or calling an 800 number and getting the robot that I just keep on hitting zero until I can actually talk to a specific person. And that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I would do away with all that stuff. I like it. Heather, how do you continue to build that human outreach? Because we're all super busy. It is, it's not bad to have, you know, social marketing or mass emails that go out. They are helpful. And I'd love to say that I can find time in the day to send um, potential clients a handwritten note all the time. I do not have that much time and I can't seem to delegate that appropriately. How do we find a way to, to, to build out 
uh, as integrators that human interaction approach? I think you have to be human. I think it, you you have to you have to connect with people on a human level, and and sometimes uh, the weirdest things will sometimes win you the prize. We have a client; he's really short and sweet. Well, he's not really sweet. He's short and tough, right? <laughs> I went out and I did an estimate for him, and I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything, and so one day I wrote to him like, "Yo." New paragraph and wrote whatever. Please tell me, you was it actually yo? I really wrote the word yo. I love and you so said, much. Hey, I'm just following up, making sure everything all right. He called me after that and said, I got to tell you, the real reason I'm actually calling you back is because you just, I was dying laughing that you wrote that. And now, was that the professional thing to do? No, but was it something different and personal? And had I not had a lot of interactions with that guy, it wasn't our first meeting, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done such a thing. But when you can kind of do something a little bit more human and a little less robot-y, I think that that's the part that does get through to them. So when you can have that connection or, you know, it's like sales 101 and it's sometimes it's asking about their kids or what do they do after the weekend or connecting with the pediatric heart surgeon about sailing. I mean, those are the things that you connect on a human level and that's where trust comes from. We all want to feel special and we, mm-hmm. and we want to trust and when we trust someone, we're more likely to buy from them. And that's the point that Katie's making. And she's phenomenal. And she's absolutely right. And it's a really creative time right now that we have all this ability for AI to help and machine learning to help. But yet what's going to sell it at the end of the day is the human connection. Well, and I think the thing that we constantly overlook, and she names it, right? We're not selling Coke to the masses. Right. As much as we like to think we are we've got a finite client list and it is it is so significantly smaller than any other vertical that I know of that's in a mainstream industry. It's such a small little list. Just write the stinking note. Maybe don't always start with yo. Maybe try <laughs> no, let's stop. Start with yo. That's not a, a suggestion. Like but it, they're connected. So over the holidays, um, I take my top clients and I send them something with some notes. So this year I connected with Josh who uh, what's Josh's last name that also owns Lonely Monk Coffee? Josh Willis. Josh Willis, thank you. So Josh Willis owns or is, is works at Portal, but also has a, a coffee roastery, and mm-hmm. it's really good coffee. And so I sent my clients this coffee that was personal. These are people who can afford anything, and sent them personalized coffee to say, like, this is a coffee I love. And with it was, like, a locally made cookie and some locally made chocolates. And that little bit of being personal you know, people will tell me sometimes three or six months later, like, yeah, I just want to tell you again, we really love that. And it keeps you top of mind. Do yeah. I do that to all my clients? No. But the ones that you see a future with, that you have a relationship with, it's that that's your game changing stuff. It, and I think we all have those stories. I have, it, it's just off camera and I can't reach it without getting up. Um, and I'm, don't, I'm not going to do that because I'm lazy. But I, I have a handwritten note from a client that we did a, a project for. And, and they sent sent us a gift basket and, and a note, and it, it's a lovely little note. And I keep that on my desk because, again, I, I, have a, I have a very select few clients who have ever sent me something, right, other oh, than a check. Sure. We always take the checks. But, you know, <laughs> they sent me a note to, to, to thank us and, and thank the team for all the work. And you think about how many clients you have and how many clients still love everything we've done, but they don't send a note. I keep that stinking note because it's a great reminder. All right, let's let's 
hit the last story of the day. This comes to us from Designers Today, how integrators help bridge the smart home gap. Uh, read through this. It's an interview with Josh Christensen, who's the CEO of the Home Technology Association, but it also has a good quote in here from a Heather Sidorowicz, who is the president of Southtown AV, who happens to be on the show today. Uh, it's amazing how that works. But it, it really is a good article for a, a couple of reasons. One, the fact that in designers today, they're talking about integration. And that's why I brought this article towards you, because it's not that I was exactly. it, like I'm joking about, but it's because that when designers are talking about wanting to talk to AV people, this is a big deal and we should share and we should talk about that. And it's so important, right? It, so. it really is. The The article is great. It covers, you know, the, the main topics that we would expect. Um, but Josh points out something where uh, essentially he back back in his previous life. He was an integrator and he always felt like he was walking in being, you know, guilty until being proven innocent that every designer he was having an in, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here and probably putting words in his mouth, but I can say the exact same thing. Almost every integrator, almost every designer I, I go into work with, they've had a bad experience with someone and they're going to take it out on you every single time. How do we continue to get in front of designers and prove that we are not going to be a problem, Heather? That's what I was talking about in the article was just what, what designers also should do is not just Google the first AV integration company and call them and, and say, I want to give you my project. They should also do their due diligence, probably like they do with any of their partners of what are the reviews online? I'm shocked sometimes when I see some of, it's not even AV companies, just how companies sometimes have terrible reviews and people use them. It's that, that's what that's whole for, that's for. <clears throat> now you also don't necessarily trust anyone with a perfect five-star review because you know, they're obviously stacking Buying those reviews. Yeah, they're buying those reviews. <laughs> so I think that it's, it's with anything, right? You have to do some of your own due diligence. Um, and maybe we just need to be better in our own industry too, that when there is that partnership there, maybe we should need to have more articles like this and talk about it more and have this be with maybe residential systems or residential tech today where an EV and a designer are working together to create something. <clears throat> and it doesn't need to just be the top 1% either. I think that there's this whole middle ground that's never made sense to me that we don't talk about. That's mm -hmm. actually where most of the money is, right? Oh, yeah. We only talk about the multi-million dollar projects that seem unattainable, so then people don't go down that avenue when it's not a multi-million dollar project. If I can add to that, this is right up my alley because training, that's what I do. And, you know, part of my, my job is to, yes, train our distributors, train the dealers, but also train people who are very green to AV. Uh, in fact, we're working on just an HDMI 101 and 102 training module that we're releasing uh, next month because we get so many inquiries of people who are just brand new to AV, whether they're security integrators, electrical integrators, networking integrators, or, you know, people who design. Uh, it helps out. They've got to know the basis of what we're trying to do, right? So that the way they understand, hey, this is what we need to do to help you guys out and vice versa. Frank, how do you go about trying to foster a relationship with a designer it, it does it does it make sense to try and go after one do you try to just go with the flow and if a designer's on the project just make friends when you're there 
Do you try to get an exclusive? What's the, is there a best way? Is there a decent approach? There's not, there's not, um, you know, all the ways that you stated. Yes. I mean, you build relationships by talking to them and say, Hey, what kind of projects are you doing? What kind of questions do you have? How can I help you out? And again, it goes back to training and, and setting aside time to say, Hey, let's you and I meet obviously a webinar over the past couple of years. And let's work on some solutions and ideas that, that I have for some of your applications. So great. So you're designing this application. What kind of challenges or hurdles are you running into? Okay, great. Here's what I have. Or if I don't have it, let me point you in the right direction. It's like human sentiment with the last article too, right? Like it's the same idea. It's forming a relationship in a human sort of way, being transparent. And How do you go about, I, I don't want to say teaching a designer, but how do you go about expressing to a designer that you're there to help them look good? Because we... We know that the majority of them don't think they need any help. Right. They just want you just put put in a bunch of Samsung frames, you know, and not think about any audio besides that. So yeah, there's certainly there's things. I, it, it's about relationship. It's about honesty, and it's about respect. So we should also have respect for what they do and what they bring to the table. I know a lot of AV companies talk down to designers, and that's part of the reason. I mean, we've all been there, right? You. You know, they, they act like they're smarter than or better than, and that's not the way to be friends with them. It's you want to be their partner. And I agree to let them know that what you're doing is going to help everybody look good. Partnership. It should be a partnership. I love it. All right. Let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Frank, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Vanco, how can they do that? Uh, emails best, franks at vanco1.com. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Heather, my friend, if people want to connect with you, follow some of your musings um, or learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Uh, company-wide, southtownav.com and uh, Twitter, tech underscore chi as in the balance between life and technology. Excellent. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for watching or listening. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 